This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I'm part of the leadership team here in Jubilee. As Tim says, I'm very much based in Burton at the moment, and we're planting out a church there. So if you weren't aware of that, then um, greetings from the brewery center of the world. It's a real bind to have to keep trying all these different brews down there, but I'll get over it. Okay, um, I'm diverting, diverting slightly from Acts this morning, if you don't mind. And um, Graham and his grace... Um, allowed me to duck out of there because the passage I was looking through talked a lot about circumcision and shaving of heads and that's just too messy for me to talk about. So, so I'm coming out of there. I'm coming into something else. So I just felt God laid in my heart this morning to talk about um, the passage from Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. So if you want to look that up, so Philippians 4, 4 to 7, it's be very familiar to you. But this is what I felt God would say this morning. And I'm aware that we're off for a picnic, so I'll I'll keep it as brief as I can. So, Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray this morning that our hearts and our minds will be open to your word, Lord God. Father, change us this morning, Lord. Those that, that, that feel we're okay in this area, Lord, change us. Open up our hearts and minds that you might speak by your spirit just this morning. I ask that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So these four verses end in a beautiful promise, and that is the promise of peace for all those who either wrestle with or are prone to be anxious. So what exactly is anxiety? And the word can be translated as worry, and it literally means to shatter in pieces. It is a divided mind. And when we are confronted by circumstances that pose any kind of a threat to us, Anxiety is the result of us beginning to fixate our minds on that problem so much that we begin to obsess over those circumstances in an attempt to either figure it out or to try and fix it. So how do we obtain the promise of God's peace in the middle of anxiety? The first thing I see here is that God is calling us to do is to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice in verse 4. And the resounding theme of this letter to the church in Philippi is the theme of joy. And here, as we near the end of chapter 4, Paul is issuing a command for us to rejoice. In fact, the action and activity of us rejoicing is so important that the Apostle Paul intentionally commands it twice in the very same verse. And one of the reasons why this theme of rejoicing and joy is repeated over and over again is because of our tendency not to rejoice, but more likely to complain in our circumstances. 
The Lord understands that our flesh is prone to go in the direction of ingratitude and complaining. And it's just one of the default moulds of our sinful nature. And because unbelief is still rooted in our hearts, we will be prone to being anxious, fearful, prone to be angry when we don't get our own way. And so the command to rejoice is actually a means of grace by which God is at work in us in order to uproot bitterness and to uproot complaining. So here we are commanded to rejoice, and we are commanded to rejoice always. So please listen carefully, as I believe this is very important for us to understand. The reasons we can rejoice always is because the command is grounded in the person of God and not on our circumstances. In other words, the reason a Christian can always rejoice is because the substance, the grounds that we rejoice in, are never in our external circumstances, nor are they ever grounded in our internal fluctuating emotions and moods. The basis for us to rejoice is the objective and unchangeable person of God himself. It says rejoice in the Lord, the object of our rejoicing is the Lord himself. But I'd go a step further this morning and say that the substance for the Christian to rejoice in is the finished work of Christ on the cross. The basis for why we can always rejoice is his most wonderful gospel. The call here to rejoice is never, ever dependent on our internal state of mind or indeed on our external circumstances. And herein lies my personal problem. You see, I can fluctuate in my rejoicing as my mood and my circumstances change. And I can wake up most mornings and I just don't feel like rejoicing. And there is a battlefield in my mind and I have to discipline myself because I can sometimes feel fairly down and I can feel anxious about the day ahead. But this is why rejoicing is a command for us. It's a discipline. It not comes under the, the template of law, but of his amazing grace. Rejoicing is a major weapon in combating anxiety. Rejoicing in the Lord gets our minds off ourselves and onto our trials, and it places us onto who the Lord is and what he's done for us in Christ Jesus. Therefore, it shouldn't matter how I feel, See, I'm justified by grace alone. And it doesn't matter how well I perform as a Christian because my standing is in Christ alone. So firstly, we need to understand how to rejoice in the Lord. Secondly, the key to battling this anxiety and obtaining this blessed promise of his peace is that we need to remember that the Lord is near, or some translations say he is at hand in verse 5. Most commentators believe that this verse says Jesus is near or at hand. It means that he's near to you and I personally. He is near us in the most intimate and personal way. James 4 verse 8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. That's a promise. And here is why remembering that the Lord is near is so key to helping us battle anxiety. Let's look closely at verse 6. Because we are on mid-sentence when it says, do not be anxious about anything. But that command 
do not be anxious, is dependent upon the phrase immediately preceding it, which is, the Lord is near. In other words, the main reason why we don't need to be anxious about anything is because the Lord is always near to us, even when we don't feel it. And I know for myself that when I'm feeling anxious, it blots out the promise and reality that God is indeed near me. And sometimes I can feel like I'm too anxious to even approach God. And that's completely the wrong way around. You see, there is never a time or a place that we can find ourselves in when Jesus is not near us in a most intimate way. And this is why whatever circumstances are generating anxiety in our lives, we can know that Jesus Christ is right there beside us in the thick of the battle. He is so able, he's so able to minister to us by his Holy Spirit, able to minister to our anxious hearts and minds. Why? Because he is our saviour. And Jesus is not only qualified to help us in our anxiety because he is near us, but he is so qualified to help us in our anxieties because he suffered through the most intense level of anxiety himself. And if you remember on the night he was betrayed in Matthew 26, 36 to 39, it says this. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And the parallel verse in the account in Luke twenty-two forty-four talks about Jesus being in agony, his sweat becoming like blood. And why was this? Because he was considering the reality of his forthcoming death and separation from the Father that he loved dearly. He's been where you and I are or ever will be. He knows us. He doesn't despise us, but he loves us through those times. But notice in Matthew's account how he shared this time with Peter, James and John. Stand with me and pray, he said. Why? Because Jesus in his humanity was feeling the crushing weight of what was to come. So when you and I in those times of anxiety and when they feel like actual attacks, maybe even panic attacks, your great high priest intercedes for you. He never sleeps and he never slumbers. Psalm 132 verse 4. But there is a lesson for us in that even Jesus shared his agonies with a close few. And we must approach this anxiety as a family together, looking out and praying for one another. There is no shame here. Amen. So, just a quick recap. When battling anxiety, we should firstly rejoice in the Lord, and secondly, remember that Jesus Christ is always intimately near us. Thirdly, we need to resolve and pray with thanksgiving. Let's just remind ourselves what it says in verses 6 and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's interesting that this passage does not state that we would never have anxieties, but moreover, it tells us what to do with them. Scripture promises every Christian that it will be through many trials and tribulations that we may enter 
the kingdom of God. He who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. When you became a Christian, you now have God as your father, but enemies of the flesh, the world and the devil have upped the ante on your life. They are relentless in your pursuit of your faith. And we are not promised freedom from trials or from suffering, and we are not promised a carefree life. What we are promised is in the midst of these trials and tribulations that there is somewhere and someone we can go to. We are promised that we have a God who is with us, not only who not only wants us to rejoice in him and to know that he is near, but now he encourages us to come to him with those very requests. However, it is important that we come with a spirit of thanksgiving. And there are many causes for anxiety. One of the main ones may be unbelief. You see, it's not just our circumstances that are creating anxiety. It's our interpretation of them and our response to them. You see, anxiety is a response. It's how my heart is responding. Anxiety is saying something about me. So I thought as I was preparing this, when did I ever get anxious? What did I get anxious about? And historically, one of the big things for me used to be money, finances. I used to get really hung up about finances. And I'd heard many people preach from the stage about tithing and how we should tithe. And I still couldn't believe it. I couldn't get through on it. And then one day I broke through and I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some money in the collection and maybe 6 or 7%, but 10%, whatever. And after that time, it was just amazing what happened. The whole anxiety thing on, on giving, I gave, and God gave back to me, overflowing, pressed down. It was unbelievable. And that anxiety just went because I was, I think I followed what God was saying to me. And nowadays, I guess I can be anxious about what people might think of me. Even standing here this morning, I have to check my identity is found not in myself, but in the person of Christ. So when the pressure comes and you might feel disillusioned or frightened, these feelings and emotions are full of lies because they're telling you that God can't possibly care. If he did, well, we wouldn't feel like this. Anxiety tells you you'd better fix it yourself because he won't. And I'm great at having a go at fixing things. And I guess what that says about me in that moment is it's saying that I'm just full of pride. Because pride in my anxiety is telling me that I can fix it. And all that says in one degree or another is that I'm not believing God. One very, very clear reason for, for much of our anxieties is that we just don't believe. But I want to balance what I've just said with my last point this morning. What I've just said is that when we are anxious... Jesus never condemns us. He is always near us. He is always patient. He is always praying for us. However, he also wants in love for us to address our sinful unbelief. He is always seeking to deal with the sin of our frightened and anxious hearts with gentleness. And we have to get the balance here. He never condemns you when you're feeling anxious and afraid. He is praying for you. He draws near to you. And yet at the same time, because he is our saviour, he wants to deal with the sin of unbelief. So let's approach Jesus with thanksgiving. It's so contrary to our natural impulse, is it not? 
See, the promise of peace in these verses isn't just to make your requests known to God in prayer. Sure, it involves that. You bring in your requests and your petitions to him in prayer. But these verses seem to say that we should saturate our requests with thanksgiving. God wants us to praise him whether or not he delivers us from the storms of life. And that can be hard sometimes. When we go into the shadow of death, when we're hurting and suffering, our prayers are instinctively, please deliver me. He does, of course, in his kindness, diverse. But the promise here is that he's seeking to mature us in faith, in sanctification and in Christ-likeness. He's trying to deepen our dependence in, on him. And the promise here is that although you and I go into many storms, our prayers must always be, Lord, I lift my prayer and petitions to you. I believe you can deliver me. But even if you don't, I'll still praise you. Even if you don't, I'll continue to give you thanks. And we may say, I don't like this, Lord, but I realise that you're using these things as a means, as an instrument for my sanctification. You're using this time so that I can learn how not to be self-sufficient, but how I can learn how to rely on you completely, Lord. But God is saying, come to me with thanksgiving and trust me. But he's also saying, I don't necessarily promise to remove you from the intensity of the battle. He doesn't promise to a life free from sickness. He doesn't promise if you're single, you'll find a partner. You may always, you may be going through tough financial struggles at the moment, even maybe marital struggles. He doesn't always promise to bring us out of these, but he is promising to sustain them or sustain us through them as we offer up our trials and thankfulness, trusting in his wisdom and not our own. You see, what we should discover in our battles is what and who we actually worship. What do we discover when God begins to pull away all of our comforts? We begin to realise what we love, who we love, and who we really live for. So it's a wonderful struggle. He promises his children who are anxious the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. The word guard is a military phrase, and it means to prevent hostile forces coming in. So when anxiety hits and our hearts are just being overwhelmed, with fearful thoughts, and you just want to run and hide. And I've been there, and I'm sure you have. God is saying, I'm going to guard you through that and from that. And in the midst, I'll give you grace and power, and it will be supernatural. Every circumstance that provokes anxiety is guarded with his peace and becomes the very place where we can learn the wonderful struggle to rejoice, to remember God is near, and to pray with thanksgiving. And we have the promise that he will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus with his peace. And now as I finish up, 
I just want to respectfully say something. Um, and in closing, I want you to know that all of these promises are for those who are in Christ Jesus. But it may be you're here this morning and you've never made a commitment to follow Christ. You may just be on holiday and come here today with a friend. And you may have walked in here and you're thinking, well, I haven't got anything to feel anxious about. But let me respectfully share this with you from a heavenly perspective, that perhaps you have the reason for the greatest anxiety, because the Bible says that if you're not in Christ, you're under the wrath of God. But God in his love has made a wonderful, wonderful provision for you to be forgiven and for you to be made right with God, and that provision is the death of his only son. So God would call you, and I would encourage you, if you've not made a decision to follow Christ today, then repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's offering you his peace today. And if that's you, I'd love to talk to you afterwards. We've got some booklets out on the table out there which you might find helpful as well. But if you've come here today and you don't know Jesus as your saviour and some of the things we've been saying and singing just mean nothing to you at this stage and you know that you're searching for something, then please make yourself known to us before you go or the friend that brought you. I wonder if, Graham, you can come back. Just We're going to just, I think, finish up. I'm aware of the time, but I don't want to stop before we've given an opportunity for prayed for people this morning um, and, and I think these verses in Philippians 4 I don't know if you've got your favourite verse in the Bible where you pray over someone or you've prayed for someone and you actually seen a change immediately, Tim was you know, talking about healing and how kids were healed at New Day, that's wonderful to see that isn't it, but actually I know that when I've prayed this prayer over people you know, and I've laid hands on people and said that let the peace of God just fall upon you now. I've just seen that happen in, in the front of me, and I'm sure many of you will have seen the same. So if you've been anxious, if you're anxious, if you're prone to anxiety, it's as simple as this. I would love to pray for you this morning, and others in here would love to pray for you this morning. But what that means is actually a response from you, and that means that you're going to have to possibly get out of your seat and just pop down the front, and we're going to sing another song, and then we're going to pray for you. So please... Don't leave this auditorium today. If you're prone to anxiety, if you just know that you need breakthrough in this area because that's the way that the enemy has a hold over you. If you want to get prayer, then please come down the front. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Come along on any Sunday morning.